Welcome to the Blue Cord Podcast. This is the place where everyday Christian women like you get inspired to be authentic witnesses in your daily life so that people who don't know Jesus come to know Him and make Him known. What does it look like practically to be an authentic Christian witness across cultures in your everyday life? That's what today's episode is all about. It's a recording from one of our recent Blue Cord conference panel discussions. You're going to hear from some amazing women who are abiding in the Lord and bearing much fruit. Find out how they learn to slay self-sufficiency and conquer their fear with God's strength and power. They've found the joy of seeking and trusting God to bear much fruit. And if they can do this, maybe you can too. What an incredible morning, right? It's so inspiring to hear these stories. And this next session is no different. I get to highlight these everyday kingdom builders. My name is Brandy and I live here locally in Dallas. And I love to encourage women to share the word of God. And so this is such an honor and joy to do this today. The beautiful thing is these women here live out Romans 12, 1 and 2, where basically they live out their everyday life sharing Jesus. And collectively, these women have shared their faith with Hindus, Muslims, and Buddhists. And they have real lives, they have commitments, they have families, but what they have done is they have made a decision to be intentional with their time. Every one of them have told me, Brandy, I'm ready and I'm available to share Jesus wherever and whenever God tells me. So first we have Kim. Kim is a lifelong Christian. She has over 30 years of ministry experience and today she's a fourth grade teacher. So see, that's many of you. We probably have many teachers here. Many of you maybe have grown up in Christian homes. But here's something that Kim and her husband have done differently. They have intentionally decided to attend a Burmese church where they can be part of an outreach that shares their faith with Buddhists. That's an intentional decision. Next, we have Nita. Nita is a retired teacher of teachers, and she intentionally spends her time serving with ISI, International Students, Inc. And through that organization, she has shared her faith with students from China and India. And then through another organization she's involved in, the Richardson Faith Alliance, through a relationship, the Lord gave her an open door to share the gospel with Hindu children. That's amazing. And then Nita Asma is a mom of young kids. She works full-time. And she is a former Muslim. And what I love about her story is through friendship and relationship, she became a Christian. And so today, she intentionally shares her faith with Muslims globally and locally. And again, what we find and what I see here is they recognize that the nations are right here among us. And we're going to hear some things about them today. And my first question, Kim, is... While you have experience sharing your faith now, it wasn't always that easy, was it? Can you share with us what were some negative self-talk 
thoughts that came through your head that essentially would stop you in your tracks from sharing the gospel? I wanted to point out Psalms 96.3 on this page about declaring his glory among the nations. Because when I was little and I was raised in ministry, I always heard that, but it was just people on the wall that were telling people across the ocean (laughs) about Jesus. And then later I realized, oh, God is bringing them to us. So it's that much easier. But then the fear set in and several doors opened for my husband and I to be able to reach out to some of the people from these nations. And I was always told when you go and talk to them, don't talk about God because that will offend them. I had a really hard time with that because why would God bring them to us? And open these doors, but then don't tell them about God. So that was my biggest fear. I'm sure we can all relate to that. I know I can. Nita, what about you? What has been that thought that has stopped you from sharing the gospel with others? I have been working with international students at UTD for over 20 years. I'm getting old. And in the early days, we mainly had students from China and Taiwan that came to our home group. We have a home group that meets twice a month. And those students had come from an atheist background. And many of them really sensed this God-shaped vacuum inside of them. So it wasn't very hard to share with them the gospel because they were hungry. And we had quite a few converts. It was really amazing, some of the stories. But now, almost all of our students are from India that come to our home groups. And I was very interested in Abba's story because it, it connected with me. Those students have many gods And so when you first meet them, they think, Jesus, another God. But it's very different whenever you start trying to tell them that Jesus is the one God, because that doesn't fit with their theology. And I'm sensitive about not hurting their feelings and turning them off. So I worried about that. And I started telling myself, look, you're to be a welcomer to the nations. You're not to hurt people. But then we had some really good training about the importance of stories in that culture. And and again, that's the, the message I got from Abba's message. So now we tell the stories of the Bible and we try to connect them to a felt need. Like this past month, we had a story about David And we had a story about Daniel, fear and risk. Those are very felt needs. And the Bible then works in their lives. That's wonderful. Asma, what about you? Negative thoughts, plenty. As soon as you say, Lord, I'm available, you get the attention of the enemy and brings thoughts. And one of the things that for me was the qualification. I'm not qualified, not seminary degree graduate. 
don't have that. And, and then I also seen that from the, the people that I know that the Lord is using them. Now they started that. I'm not qualified. What should I say? I don't know anything about Islam. I don't know anything about that, but we know something about Jesus and he's worth to, to share. Another thing too, that the shame that the enemy uses to shame, use it with Eve. It's not your story. Use it with us all the time. And as I've seen people like Karen, what they shared, it's like the anxiety and things they're going through is sinful. And I've done this and that. And so how can I just go and tell this person how I'm not that, not that good. So we start again, pointing at ourselves. So, but then we see throughout all the Bible stories and stories of the Lord using broken people, sinful people. He used Saul, became Paul, right? And, and that's the fear of, I would say, the thoughts of qualification. Absolutely. And I think each and every one of us can connect to what they said. How many of us have thought, this person doesn't want to hear about my God, or I don't want to offend them by sharing faith, or I don't want to be intrusive. Like you said, I want to be welcoming and loving, or just those thoughts of, I don't have a well-prepared presentation. We don't need any of that. We need to be ready and available, and we have to move past that barrier. And that's what these women did. So this next question is, they all had that thought, but they did not stop there at that stop sign. They pushed through and so, Kim, can you tell us that moment when you realized that sharing your faith wasn't actually that hard? My husband and I, we've been in youth ministry all our lives, and we decided to step away from that and start our own mission organization. And we also connected with Karen and Renaud. And through that, we've just developed a huge heart for pretty much the Muslims, the Buddhists, anybody that God would put in front of our paths. But my husband was especially drawn to the Burmese peoples. We stepped away from the regular church and decided to join a Burmese church here in Dallas. They have a ministry where they reach out to a local apartment complex. I started going with the little group that went because that was an open door. And we would go once a week and just talk to people. The pastor, Pastor Helen, she spoke last year here at this conference, but she knows a lot of the people there because she helps them with the language barrier and everything. So I just started going with her and I was very nervous at first because I look a lot different than they do. And I wasn't sure how they would feel about me this American coming into their home, but we've gone into several of the apartments there and they've all been welcoming. They all want us to sit on the floor. They want to feed us. They want me to teach them English. So I just started talking to them, of course, through Helen. And she would ask them if it was okay if I could share a scripture. And they all said yes. Not one person turned us down. I just started coming prepared to read a scripture or two. And John 3.16 is a great place to start. <laughs> but I would do that. I would 
explain to them what it meant. They would listen. They would sometimes ask questions. And it would always start there. And so then each week I would share a little bit more. And it just became more comfortable. I realized this isn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. I realized that they are okay with me mentioning the word God. (laughs) And they actually had questions. That was a a wonderful um, realization. That's amazing. What about you, Nita? When did you realize this wasn't as hard as you thought? I've tried to listen better to the Holy Spirit and when he gives you an opportunity. And Brandy mentioned that I'm a part of the Richardson Interfaith Alliance, which is a very multi-religious group. And one of the guys in that group who I've become friends with over the years said to me one day, what would you think about coming to the temple where I worship, he's Hindu, and tell him about your religion? And I thought, heavens. And he said, I have a class of fourth and fifth graders, and we're studying different religions. And I think you'd be good to talk about evangelical Christians. And so anyway, I thought, I had just taken EE, a class, and we had studied that uh, hand approach to evangelism, the grace, hitchhike free, man, God, Jesus, and the mustard seed. And you had verses that went with every one of them. So anyway, I thought, okay, fourth and fifth graders, they'll like that. So that's what I did. I went and I decided, God opened this door. I'm going to share the gospel. So I went through that. And those little kids were listening. And then Naranjan said, hey, I've never heard that before. Would you do that again? And I'm going to video it. And I thought, I'll do it again. (laughs) And I know if any of those seeds planted will grow. But that's not my part of the work. I'm praying. Maybe you all can pray too that some of those little kids at the Sai Baba Temple in Plano might have seeds that grow and that a harvest comes from. That's amazing. That's amazing. God opens the door and you faithfully plant the seed in good soil. Asma, what about you? As a Muslim, ex-Muslim, I prayed five times a day just praying for maybe I'll get a chance to go to heaven. And so when I found out about Jesus and that the debt is paid and that we have a way to, to go back and it's not relying on our work, that was really good news. Yeah. So it's really good news to share, and that's what I did. I was excited. I shared it with my mom first. That didn't go well. (laughs) I was disowned for years from my family, lost my family. It was very hard. But I would say after I shared it with my family, it was easy after that. If I did that and I lost my family, oh, if you know me, you're going to know about Jesus. I love that you all persevered, right? Because we all have that. We have doubt, but so many times we stop there. But these ladies are an example to us to just keep going. And Jesus says, if you knock, he'll open the door. And I want to know, Kim, what was one of your scariest faith sharing moments? 
at the apartment complex, we had visited a certain apartment maybe one time, I think. It was a lady with her husband, and they both listened. They both were interested in what we had to say. We went back for the second time, and her husband wasn't there, but she had invited some of her friends. And there were three women there that ended up hearing what I had to say, what God had to say about John 3.16. And first of all, you have to picture it. We're on the floor, and there is a Buddhist shrine on the wall. And it's not small. It's massive. And I saw it, and I just saw it as decoration, but it didn't bother me. But I decided to share John 3.16, and in my mind, I'm thinking, this is going to take a while, build relationships, start small, work your way up. And when I finished talking about it, Pastor Helen started speaking to them in Burmese, trying to explain it a little bit more. And next thing you know, they were all praying. And so I was like, okay. So I I started praying. And when we finished, Pastor Helen was just so happy. And I looked at her and she was like, they accepted Christ. (laughs) And yeah, that was God. And I just, I I felt bad because I was so shocked that it only took two times But again, that's what Renaud was talking about, self-sufficiency versus (laughs) depending on God. In my mind, trying to take charge or whatever, I thought, okay, this is going to take a while. But God was like, nope. Asma, why don't you close us out and tell us your scariest faith-sharing moment? When my husband passed away almost five years ago, I felt that the urgency is urgent to share Christ. Because we don't really know the last day of the person that we know that don't know him. And so I went back to my country. If you know me before that, I would say, no way I will go back. It's a 99% Muslim. If posting something on Facebook can get you in prison for five years. about So there's no way at the beginning. But then when that happened, I felt the peace to go back. And so, of course, you're, you're in a Muslim country. The fear of persecution, maybe someone can find out. But there's also another fear I had here in the U.S. And I think any introvert will confirm that. Just talking to somebody that you don't know. (laughs) And so when I came back after my, my mission trip back to my country, we went to an outreach one day. And I was praying just like nervous and we're doing outreach. I don't know who I'm going to meet, who I'm going to talk to. And I was praying and there was a name that popped in my head and the Lord was already preparing. So the name was Miriam. And I get there at this outreach, we're distributing food. My friend that was there with me, she's here, Jennifer. And we were doing an outreach. I sit and we looked at the list and I see Miriam, the same name on the list. And I told her, I say, hey, we need to go to this woman. And we went, and it was a single mom. She's from Iran. And all the nervousness of meeting someone, sharing that just, it it went out of the window. Because I knew the Lord sent us there. And we get there, and she said, hey, uh, guys, I was supposed to go somewhere. Her appointment was canceled. The Lord canceled her appointment. And she's telling us about her issues. And I just boldly went. 
do you know Jesus? And her eyes watering and she said, yes, I do. Somebody shared with her in Iran six years ago. No one shared with her here within the six years. Wow. And she said, and I just forgot all about it. And she said, but the night before we get there, she prayed for the first time because the lady that shared with her, she told her that he was Lord. So she told him in her prayer, she said, if you are Lord, then you show up. And then <laughs> next day we were there. And so she's talking about it. We're just crying. And so the Lord really, all he wants us to do is to show up. We had a gospel presentation. We had stories that we were planning to say to people. It had nothing. <laughs> we didn't say anything. All we, ne we needed to do was just be there. Amen. So the thing that I just want to end on is Jesus says the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. And these women are laborers and they encourage me to do the same. And I encourage you to do the same as well. Let's be ready and available to share that good news. I heard this great quote recently. It was that if you focus on souls, God will focus on you. I love that. Well, I assure you that he is with you right now. And he is focusing you on sharing the good news of his son Jesus with others. I hope that after hearing these women's stories, you can see that you don't need confidence in yourself or what you can do alone because you are not alone. Jesus is right there with you, guiding your steps, your words, and who he places in your path. Your role is just to bring people to him. Now I want to hold some space for you to process what you've heard on this episode, and I'll do that by asking you a few questions. First, when it comes to sharing Jesus, what has been your greatest struggle? How about your greatest triumph? Is there a spiritual conversation that you need to have that you've been avoiding? And finally, what is the Holy Spirit nudging you to think about or do differently based on what you've heard on this episode? Until next time, thanks for joining me. I'd love to know more about you and how this podcast is serving you. Make sure to sign up to get our weekly emails on the website at thebluecord.org. Then when you get an email from me, you can jot me back a note. If you're enjoying the Blue Cord podcast or the book, would you post an online review so that others know what to expect? That would mean a lot. Thanks so much. Have a great week.